say good evening. evening. It's so good to be with you, Milestone Church, here at the McKinney campus. I can't even express how honored and thankful I am to have been poured into and invested in um, the very first time we came to Milestone Church about six years ago when the depth and reality and um, really hope of life and spiritual family became real to us was during a prepare. And we came for a night service at a prepare, um, and it was just special. It was memorable. And here I stand tonight honored um, to speak to you and looking forward to all God wants to do. And so thank you. Thank you for the kind words and the welcome all day. Pastor Chris took me to the local yokel. It was, it was amazing. I don't know if I'm going to go very long tonight. I'm kind of tired, everybody. No, I'm just playing. He took me there, and he wanted the message to be short. So he, you know, you, can get, you need a little power nap after you go to a place like that. It was heavy in a good way. But um, we've had a good time hanging out today. And um, I am very, like I said, honored to be with you. Honor Pastor Jeff and Miss Brandy and all their team. But I, I will just tell you, Pastor Chris... His wife, Wendy, over the last few years, he shared his version of it, um, the way he has been a friend to me, but also our student pastor and campus pastor and leaders on our team. When he didn't have to, when it benefited him nothing, investing hours on the phone into our church, into our lives, um, it means so much for that reason. Thank you for um, countless hours that maybe I'll never even know of convincing my team to stay on stay on the team. Come on, everybody. Your pastor's a nice guy. <laughs> um, it really has been a blessing, he and Wendy both. And um, I think, you know, I, I already planned to say that, but spending the afternoon with them today and this assignment that so many of you have walked with them through over the last year to hear even their heart and the roots they've already found in this city um, and to spend time in the downtown area and, and sense the kind of unique culture and feel of the McKinney area and this region that you all live in, it, to hear their heart and how much they, Wendy sat at lunch and, uh, and just talked about how much she loves this place and reason after reason after reason of why they're thankful that God set them in this house. And I know you're thankful. Will you help me real quick just honor your pastors, your campus pastors? Just such a blessing. You know, in, in uncommon times, you should, I hope you know that you have stable leadership in this season. Amen? And because of that, um, you're going to be strong, stronger in the next season. And I hope you're ready for that. Amen? And maybe I'm going to add a piece to that and, and charge your faith a little bit in that direction. I am, I am sooner born and sooner bred, everybody. I just want you to know, don't judge me. I, I, I sense the kinship in the back. There's, there's a handful of us, but I just want you to know there's more with us than are with them, everybody. And so we're going to hold on. And really, I don't even care who to cheer for. I just hope I get to cheer for somebody this year. I'll cheer for Texas if they'll play some football. I would, and that's, ne- that one year, a one year only. Whoever's playing, I'm going to cheer for that. Anybody else? I just... Please, please play. I, mean, I just want to play. But no, I'm just, I'm just being dead serious. Um, um, but I'm uh, looking forward to the football season. 
Um, I'm so honored. My wife's here, Tiffany, and my son Holston, they're here with me tonight. Just a little bit about us. We started a church um, called Faith Church. Ten years ago, it'll be ten years in January outside of Oklahoma City on the northwest side of Oklahoma City. If you're familiar with that region, towns like Deer Creek and Yukon and Piedmont and some of Edmond and Oklahoma City, the northwest side, is where we call home. And we've been there ten years. We started, um, ten, it'll be ten years ago in just a few weeks, we started meeting with uh, my family and our two sons at that time and three college kids. And, and today God's blessed us. We have two campuses and God's been faithful. His people have been faithful. And I'll show you a little picture of my family. This is my family. All the good looking ones. I didn't include myself. I just, I just said, show the pretty people. All right. And so I've got four. This is a recent picture, a 12-year-old, the 10-year-old, the only favorite daughter. She's seven. And then a little five-year-old boy named Nolan. And, um, and we miss some of them, but we're glad Holston is here tonight. He's 12 years old, and it's great to take trips like this with him. Open your Bibles with me to Colossians chapter 2. We're going to read a handful of verses here, and then I'll share with you even greater of what I believe God put, has put on my heart. Colossians chapter 2, verse 1, uh, Paul is writing to a local church just like this local church in a city named Coloss. And he's sharing his heart with them. And so let's tap into that for a few minutes. He says, for I want you to know, I just love that. Even those words. I, I just want you to know. I, I don't, I don't want to read that. I don't want you to read that as, I want you to know. Uh, Paul's in prison. And he says, I, I just want you to know. I, I want you to know Paul cares about them. Leaders that care make the greatest difference. Amen? And it's great to have those leaders, but the season we're all in and stepping into the back-to-school season and, 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 and that looks uncertain or launching small groups. I'm seeing more and more people come to growth track, as I'm sure you're seeing. Um, you, can't, you don't just need to be thankful for leaders. You, you could be a leader like this where you, you deeply care and people get the sense that you care he says, I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you. I'm wrestling for you and for those in Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged. Underline that, remember that, highlight that in your app. That your heart may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say all this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments, for though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the last line here is really where we're going to land and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Here we are on night two of prepare and I just want to just, I, I'm not one of the edge pieces of this puzzle. I'm just the middle one. Is that okay? And man, last night, if you were here, if you weren't here, listen to it. What, what a message on you can experience the presence of God. 
that Pastor Jeff brought, man. Just a reality that we all need to know that it's more than just information and, and head knowledge, but that it is transformation in the presence of God. And, and I want to add a piece to that puzzle, and I want to talk to you about living in a culture of faith. Just to come in as a church planter to a church that is growing, but but, all, but also like all of us in our, in our local churches, we're in the battle right now. We There's a defining and refining that's happening in the body of Christ. And, and as God does a work in this local church, uh, what, what I want to deposit and an impartation that I want to bring is what it looks like and how we can all grow in living in a culture of faith. Each one of us in this room, just think about what you're walking through, or maybe someone you love deeply, what they're walking through. You, you, we can see ourselves in the verses we just read. We're facing great struggles. We all need our hearts to be encouraged. Man, th th this scripture says, Paul, Paul says, I want your hearts to be knit together in love. Man, if anything happens in this season, it is that the core of, of, of this church, your hearts become knit together in love. We, we see ourselves in this scripture, and he ends by saying, and, and if all this happens, the result of that will be that you will become firm in your faith. And, and so what I want to do is I want to help you build your faith tonight. And maybe faith is like one of those words that you're like, I think I have some. I'm not sure. I hear other people talk about faith, and I want more of it. I, I, how, how does my faith grow? What does faith really feel like? How do I get more of it? And, and so I want your heart to be encouraged, and I want you to grow stronger in your faith. And you can do that. Just look at the person next to you and say, you can grow in your faith. Now look at your second favorite person and say, you can grow in your faith. Even you, even though I didn't pick you first, even you can grow in your faith. And, and, and here's why you can grow in your faith. Let's just start right here. You can grow in your faith if you believe in Jesus, if you are following Christ, you have the, the chance to grow in your faith because you're in Christ. And that's a big deal. The, the key, if you had a, a study Bible, you would read in the front of that study Bible that the theme of Colossians is that because of what Jesus did on the cross, you can now be in Christ. Look at this slide. Let's show all of them at the same time. Just to give you an understanding of the book that we're reading, when we think about why we can grow in faith, the theme of Colossians is you're in Christ, and in Christ we have redemption. That's a good place to say amen, everybody. In Christ, all things were created. In Christ, God is pleased. In Christ is hidden all wisdom and knowledge. We can walk in Christ. We can be built up in Christ. We are triumphant in Christ. And we've all received gifts of ministry in Christ. This is what? This is the picture that the book of Colossians paints for us. So you, you you're new to faith, if you're new again to faith, if you've been following Jesus for four months or 40 years, you can grow in your faith because you are in Christ. 
This, this is the gift that God wants you to know and have. And, and you can develop a culture of faith as a church family when you go all in with Jesus. But that's what it's going to take in this season. This is that refining, defining season for local churches. What are we in this for? Because if we were in this for crowds, they're not coming back yet, right? This is a growing season for pastors because if all you love is the full room, we're not even allowed to have a full room anymore. Let's find out if you love people, right? Let's find out if you're all in. Let's find out if we're all sold out. We've got to be all in for us to grow in a culture of faith. My son, Noah, the 10-year-old, he's a really funny kid. He's... And he came the other night, just two nights ago. We had been, um, he had been playing um, sport. We what, had been swimming all day. Then we went and hit some golf balls together. And, and he just, he, he, was, he did not smell good at all, everybody. He's sweaty, just like, not just one sweat. He had like, through the day, had like three layers of sweat. Come on, everybody, just 10 years old, get in the. And so we say, Noah, take a shower. He does not like showers. Of all, he does. He my twelve-year-old loves showers. It's like forty-five minutes in, he's just still in there singing, right? But, but Noah hates showers. Go get in the shower, Noah. So he says, "Okay, Dad." And he kind of walks off. Five minutes later, he comes back in the kitchen, and and his head is soaking wet, and he's got a towel wrapped around his shoulders. First thing he says is, "Man, that was a good shower." I said, well, all right, that's good. I look down at the floor and he has socks on. I said, Noah, did you take a shower in your socks? And he went, ah. And so I reached down and touched the socks, not wet. And I pulled back that towel, no water. He had went, turned the shower on. Stuck his head underneath the water. Little mischievous kid. Come back out. Wrap the towel on. Man, that was a good shower. <laughs> Just as a pastor, I don't know if this is true for, for anyone in here, but I know a lot of people that I pastor, that's how they treat Jesus. They, they just come every Sunday, and they just kind of dip their head under the water. That feels a little better. And they never go all in. And they never really say, Lord, whatever it costs, I want to get stronger. I don't want to just stand on the sideline. I want to lead. I don't want to just come, you know, 25 times a year and call that my spiritual life. God, I'm ready to go all in. I want to grow in faith. And I want to get firm in my faith. And in this season, that's what God wants to do. That's what God is ready to do if we will say, man, man, we're in Christ, and, and, and he loves us, and I, tonight, I believe this, tonight, I want to grow firm in my faith. And so I just want to preach to you about something I'm passionate about. I'm going to give you two things that faith is, and then I'm going to give you two things that faith gives. And like I tell our church, we named it Faith Church 10 years ago. Here's what we did not do. We didn't name it Doubt Church. Amen? And so I, I hope tonight that you'll get an infusion of faith. It'll firm up your faith. And in the end, I want to leave you encouraged. 
I want you to walk out those doors and know, man, we can, we can do this. We can make it through the season. God's with us. God's for us. And that happens from us firming up our faith. So here's the first thing that faith is. What is faith? How do I grow in faith? When I came to Jesus, they told me I had faith. But what, what is it? Number one, faith is a spiritual muscle. This is a really practical but yet honest understanding of, uh, of what faith is. The Bible says in Romans 12 that when you become a Christian, you are given a measure of faith. And this is something unique about the gifts that God gives you. Faith is one of the only things that can grow spiritually in your life. You can't grow in salvation. Now, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. What I'm saying is, when you're saved, you're saved. You get it all. Right? You, you don't get just a measure of salvation. You get salvation. Now, you can grow in your understanding of redemption, but you, you don't become more saved than you were yesterday. But your faith can grow. Right, you, you, when, when we think about how we can grow spiritually, you can't grow in sonship. My son can't become more my son. Now, I, I hope he grows in his understanding of my love for him, but he can't be less my son or more my son based on his behavior. You are his daughter. You are God's daughter. You are God's son. So you don't grow in that, but your faith can grow. Does that make sense? Because faith is a spiritual muscle. Because of the grace of God, your faith can become firm, the Bible says. You can grow in faith. Faith is a muscle. So how does a muscle grow? We have to, this is why people say things like, you need to exercise your faith. A pastor that I used to know, he said, sometimes you have to believe God for a donut before you can believe God for the birthday cake. Does that make sense? You have to begin to exercise your faith. Begin. This is the reason we write things on the back of this wall, because here's what's going to happen. You're going to see God do miracles because people begin to exercise their faith. Your muscles don't grow unless they're exercised. The difference between me, I'm struggling, and Pastor Chris, Pastor Chris, brother, ooh, swole, <laughs> The difference is exercise. Come on, don't laugh too much. It ain't that funny. The difference is he only goes to the local yokel with me. I, I frequent my local yokel. Y'all know what I mean. Come on, everybody. I'm growing in one way, just not that way. But, but, but the, the, the difference is there's exercise there so it gets stronger. Believe it or not, it's underneath me. Come on. It's under here. Chris. This is, is, is in here, under layers. How do I get there? I exercise, and it grows. And, and, the, and the bad stuff falls away, and the doubt falls away, and the unbelief falls away, and the anxiety falls away, and the fear falls away. Not because I decide I want to be less fearful. It's because I exercise my faith. I don't decide I want to worry less. I focus on the promise more. Right? I, 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 don't, I don't decide to negative thought negative thoughts away. 
I decide to focus on the promises of God. And, and, and because I begin to work that muscle, faith is a muscle and my faith begins to grow. Every time God does something in your life, it should strengthen your faith for the future. This is why when God does something for you, you should celebrate it together. Because when I hear what happened in your life, my faith gets stronger. Oh, wait, God did that for you. This is what happens in in small groups. you, you, You hear stories of someone else that overcame their marriage struggle. Someone else that overcame kid pain. Someone else that had a child in the, in the, in the ICU. Someone else that says, you know what, we've been there. We're on the other side. You can make it. And my faith gets stronger. And when we were, we started Faith Church, and, and we, we say we had seven people, but, but two of them were under ten. But when you're small, you count everybody, right? You're breathing, we're counting you. We had a daughter, Eight. And so, and then one couple joined, and so we had an official seven. But, but at that time, there was five of us, and, and, and our, our team began to grow a little bit. And we started, we ended up starting in a little elementary cafejima smellatorium, right, with, with about 35 adults. But, but leading up to that, you know, you need a place to have church to start a church. And so, and so we had received some training and some help from different places, but we really didn't know much. But I knew that I needed a... A, a place to meet, and 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 a, a vision that God had given me I, I was a triangle on, on these streets that um, that we live in, and so I drew this red triangle, and that triangle was ended up being inside of a school district called Putnam City Schools, and um, and I, I I remember going, and I, we had just moved there in March, and and in during that first summer before we started meeting, I went and met. The, the, the superintendent over all the facilities of the schools. He was the head man in charge. Mr. Hooper was his name. And he called me preacher. And I developed a relationship with him. And, and the way the school district was set up is if he gave you the green light, that was kind of the green light. You had to find a principal that would agree that you could use their school. And so I just got the list in that little triangle that God had shown us. And, and I just started checking all the no's off. And and, and most of them were no's. And, and, and then almost all of them were no's. And then we started meeting in October, and we were launching in January. And by October, we had not found a place. Just honestly, I had a hard time telling the people that had started coming around. And you had 15, 20 people coming over to our house for a Sunday night Bible study. And, and man, we were talking planning, and, and we didn't have a place to have church. We had already set a launch date with looking back was not that smart. And, and, and I'd go to Mr. Hooper's office. Hey, five more principals told me no this week. I'm so sorry, preacher. I'm so sorry. And I remember the day that I went to Ralph Downs Elementary and got my last no. All no's. Faith and power. I named it Faith Church. I, I should have named it something else at that point. I, I was discouraged. Man, I just, God, I stepped out on faith and had this dream. Maybe I missed you. You ever felt like that? God, maybe I missed you on this one. Man, I'm so embarrassed. I got that final no, and that afternoon I drove down to the office, and I really wanted Mr. Hooper to be my savior at that moment. I'm like, please, just call one and force him to let us have church there. Please. Said, I'm sorry, preacher. I like you. I'll never forget it. I like you, but 
There's nothing else I can. I remember leaving his office and I was walking down the hallway of this old school administration building. It looked like every other school administration building you've ever been in. Tile that used to be white and now is yellow and you don't want to know why. And this is where the story gets a little weird, so I'm sorry. I had to go to the bathroom before I left, just honestly, because that's what humans have to do. And so I'm like, I'm, and so I'm getting ready to get in my truck. It's, and I, I go into the restroom, and I've got to use the restroom, so I go all the way back into the restroom. Are we on the same page, everybody? And, and I. <laughs> it was good being here once at Milestone. This is my one and only time. Don't tell Pastor Jeff about this story. Oh, his son's here. Oh, I'm, that's over. Yeah, and so I go and I, I'm seated. And on the left, right under, there's a wallet. And, and the wallet is laid open. Don't ask me how I know that there were seven $100 bills in there. And it did cross my mind and think, Lord, are you sowing into the journey of faith church? The enemy tried to rob us. This school district didn't help us. That's not what the Lord was saying. So I picked up the wallet, went up to the front desk, and just handed it to the lady. Somebody left this in the bathroom, and I got in my car, and I got back on the road. It's one of the expressways there in Oklahoma City, and I drive. And I get about four blocks away, and Mr. Hooper calls me. And he says, um, he says, preacher, the, the administrator, the superintendent of our entire school district wanted me to call you and thank you for turning his wallet back in. I told him your story real quick, and he just said that it's 345 right now. And before I leave the office today, my one job is to find your church a school for you to meet in. And that afternoon, a youth pastor's wife, the school year was already started, and a youth pastor's wife had started her first day mid-fall semester at a little elementary school, the James L. Dennis Dolphins. And, and he called, he said, there's one new principal that started today in this school district, and I'm going to call her. She said yes 15 minutes later. I drove over there 30 minutes later, and, and, and it was the greatest year of a little church plant that we could ever imagine. And, and so this is, come on. And so... I don't know if, if, if this will translate into your life, but I just want to tell you this because I've, I've, I've said this to our church so many times. Here's what I believe. If God has to put a wallet next to a toilet to get you to your promise, he can do it. He can do it. So I, I don't know what it is that you're believing God for, but can I just encourage you? Keep on believing I don't know what it is that you're standing in faith for, but go back and ask again. I don't know what it is that you're saying, God, you, you got me out here on the limb and I don't know what to do. Can I just dare you to step out on nothing and believe God for everything? Believe God. Faith is a muscle. Exercise your faith. Know that God is working. 
Write this down. We exercise our faith by consuming the word of God. Romans 10, 14 says, How then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in whom they have not heard? Verse 17 says, So faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. See, what I read, and here's also something important during prepare, know this. What I hear from God when I read something, it grows my soul. It steadies my heart. It firms up my faith. If you want to grow the muscle of faith, you've got you've you you to inject and invest time in the word of God. Because if you're not confident in the authority of God's word, you'll be a slave to whatever sounds good. And this is where our culture is. Even many that call themselves Christians. Well, that kind of sounds good. And, and if you don't already know in this culture, you can find data for whatever you want to say. You, you, and, if, and so we're not looking for other information. We have the information. When you have a high view of God's word, when it has the total authority, if you're not confident in the authority of Scripture, you'll be a slave to whatever sounds good. I, 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 um, th this is kind of a random, but I want to give you, I heard some things the other day that were pretty interesting to me. Just, um, you know, factoids that I was watching a news channel and, and, uh, and it, it just kind of shared some things and maybe you've never heard these, these really shifted the way I was I was thinking about different things in our culture but did you know these things are listen listen to these things did you know the number one cause of lung cancer in America is sugar did you know that did you know that the divorce rate among Christians is higher than non-Christians did you know that did, listen to this this is fascinating that Denmark, the country of Denmark, has a lower tax rate than the United States. And yet they have free college, free health care, and 20 days of paid leave for everyone. Did you know that? And did you know that nothing that I just said was true? <laughs> nothing. But if you are not confident in what is true, you will be a slave to whatever sounds good. And people just say, people are like, I'm moving to Denmark. <laughs> yeah, sure you are. It's, you just kind of see, and, and, but the honest, this is, you just see kind of stuff like that at the bottom of the news channel. And then you just believe it. Wait, 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 wait. Where am I going for my truth? What, what, kind of, what kind of truth have I decided to tie my life to? Paul says, I want you to be firm in your faith. Verse 4 of Colossians chapter 2, he says, I say this in order that no one can dilute your faith with plausible arguments. Things that sound kind of true. And what happens is they keep us in doubt and unbelief because we're not confident in the authority of God's word. Faith is a muscle. It's strengthened by the word of God. Here's the second thing faith is that I'm going to share with you just a few things that faith will give you. Faith is activated by agreement. 
This is the power of what's happening in this room right now. The kingdom of God is a kingdom based upon agreement. Jesus said, I can do anything on earth if I can find agreement between heaven and earth. When he taught his disciples to pray, he said, here's how you pray in faith. Your kingdom come, God. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our world right now is in chaos because of disagreement. There is no truth. There's nothing that is seen as the complete moral authority. And so we fall into chaos. And if we're going to be reconciled to our brother, to our sister, to what is right, to what is, to what is honest, then we first have to be reconciled to God's kingdom. We've got to tie ourselves to a higher truth. Jesus teaches us that the kingdom of God is a kingdom based in agreement. In Matthew chapter 18, let's look at this scripture together. One of the most famous things Jesus said, Certainly or assuredly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. He's talking about how to work your faith. Okay, come into agreement with what God says about your marriage. Bind it. Loose it. Agree with what the word of God says about your children. Speak that over them. If a teacher says something that's contrary to the word of God, don't agree with the teacher. Agree with the word. Okay, th this is how faith grows in your life. Faith is a muscle. It's activated by agreement. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree, this word agree is the word symphoneo. Does it sound familiar? It's where we get the word symphony. What is a symphony? It is instruments in agreement. They are playing in agreement. If, if I can find agreement on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father that is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am in the midst of them. This is the power of a local church, of agreement, of a family, of a home that says, as for our house, we're going to serve the Lord. Businesses that get in agreement are unstoppable. Marriages that get in agreement. Well, what a powerful series you guys are starting here in a few weeks called United. I mean, it's, if there's ever a time where the church needs to be united, symphoneo in agreement, it's now. Amen? Because what, what's the opposite of agreement? Okay, disagreement. But the Bible even goes a little bit deeper, and this is profound. This, this challenges me for my, for my wife and I when we're walking through something that, okay, we're, we're not on the same page, and we've got to get in agreement. Why? James 3.16. It's the lesser known 3.16. Look at this. James 3.16. For where envying and strife is, do we have this scripture? Maybe not, that's okay. James 3.16 says, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Every evil work is permitted in the door of disagreement. When your home is in disagreement, you open up the door to envy and strife and confusion if you say, I wonder why my home is like this. I wonder why my kids are like this. I wonder why my finances are out of order. It's because we're not in agreement. Satan can work in your life in any place where he finds disagreement. 
So what do you do? What are we talking about? Growing our faith. How do I, how do I get my faith stronger tonight, Pastor? You've got to learn to replace the lies of the enemy with the truth of God's word. Write that down. Remember that. I've got to identify the lie that's, that, that, that's opening the door to doubt in my life. Because the culture says, follow your heart, be true to yourself. <laughs> what I always want to ask myself and ask other people is, what if that truth is destructive and unhealthy? I mean, after all, Eve was the first person to follow her heart. Right? She was the first person to do what felt right. And if I come into agreement with something, anything I come into agreement with, even if it's harmful, affects my life, has an impact on my life. Anything I come into agreement with shapes how I make decisions, see my life, and live every day. So I've got to learn to replace the lies of the enemy with the truth of God's word. That is how faith grows in my life. If I believe, I'll never amount to anything. I'll be right. Come on, I'm going to help somebody tonight. Y'all with me? If I believe, I'll always, if I believe I'll never amount to anything, what will happen is I'll accept roles and jobs and, and positions that are beneath my ability. I'll live under this cloud of doubt and unbelief. If I believe a lie about my worth and that I'm a son of God or I'm a daughter of God, I'll marry people and I'll date people that are not at the level that God has called his daughter to be at. Because I'm tying myself to a lie. So here's the prayer that we've got to pray tonight. God, show me the lies I've agreed with. Show me the lies I've agreed with. My family, my son is named after my granddad, Holston Jack Cossey. And my, my family, on my dad's side, the, the heritage of that family is not one that, that, that there's much to be proud of. My grandpa Jack, his dad, um, I, I heard out of his mouth was one of the worst men he had ever met. He abused his family. He abused alcohol. Alcohol abuse was rampant in my family and cousins and uncles that I still know very well. Many have passed away. Just alcoholism and grip the, my, my, my family lineage, the Kasi name, where I'm from in Norman, Oklahoma. is just, it's not hard to find a police officer or someone in law enforcement that doesn't know someone named Kasi that frequents the county jail. Not, not because they're really the worst people or they commit crazy crimes, just, just, you know, brokenness. My grandpa Jack, at 15 years of age, ran away from home. And he said, I, and he, he moved into a little, he, he didn't know where to go, so late one night he knocked on the door of a little holiness church. That's how I grew up. I grew up in holiness. If you don't know what holiness is, this is what holiness is. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of faith where here's whatever we believed, here's what it was. If it's fun, it's not okay. That's what, that's what holiness is. If you can have fun doing it, sin. Going to the movies, sin. Playing cards, sin. Right? Bowling, sin. That's true. I, I didn't go to a bowling alley until I was 19 years old. Praise God. You didn't know that, did you, Pastor Chris? So that's how I grew up. And, but I will say that my granddad knocked on the door of that little holiness church. He's 15 years old. And the, and the pastor let him live in the basement. He said, if you're going to live here, you've got to learn to play the guitar. 
help lead the singing. My granddad grew up in that little church leading the hymn service of that little holiness church on the east side of Norman, Oklahoma. I remember, I remember asking my grandpa before he died, I said, how did you do that? How did you leave home at 15? And I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, I realized that I did not have to be like my dad. He let go of a lie. And he tied himself to a greater truth. There are people in this room, and what you've done is you've literally tied yourself to a lie. And so everywhere you go, you take it with you. I'll always be an alcoholic. I'll always deal with this brokenness. We'll always face this pain. You say things like, I don't know if that son or that daughter will ever come to know Christ. And you tie yourself to a lie. What I'm, what I'm challenging you to do tonight is to tie yourself to the truth. Because the same thing will work. And now if you tie yourself to the truth, no matter how the storms of life come, you'll say, no, 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 devil. I know what the word says. I know what God says. The, the, the word of God says, my household shall be saved. It might not look like it today, but I've tied myself to a greater truth. Faith is activated by agreement. I challenge people all the time. And don't say, don't say that over your kid. Don't say that. Don't, 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 don't come into agreement with that lie, you little punk. Don't say that. Put that back in. It might become true. When you see behavior that is punkish, come on, everybody. Just speak over them. You are obedient, kind, and patient. And you think that's goofy? Well, then let's get goofy. Because maybe normal isn't working. And maybe just saying what we think isn't working. Because maybe when we say that, we come into agreement with a lie of the enemy over our life. And we've got to learn to speak the word over our life. And we've got to learn to come into agreement with a greater truth. We want our hearts to be encouraged. This word symphoneo literally means to be tied to truth. Tied with. Agreement means I've tied myself to a greater truth. Let me give you the last two things here, then we're going to pray. Faith will give you. This is what I pray you're hungry for tonight. Faith will give you a steady confidence that God is present in seasons when I don't understand him. When you begin to work this muscle out, when you surround yourself with people, what, 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 what Pastor Jeff, what Pastor Chris, what Milestone is doing right now, it's challenging me. It is saying in a climate of uncertainty, let's prepare. Let's fast. When, when there are churches that are not meeting and, and, and some need to meet online. But if you can gather together, man, we need one another now more than ever. We need the symphoneo of the kingdom of God. 
I need to tie myself to people that, that, that want to raise their children to love God, know God, and fear God. I, I want to surround myself with people that say, you know what, we're facing difficulty today, but we believe there's another side to this. Faith gives you this steady confidence that God is present in seasons when you won't understand Him. 1 Corinthians 2.5 says that, that Paul writing to another church, he says that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In the power of God. That, that each one of us. See, faith, definitions of faith, there are many, but you know what faith really is? Faith is believing God is telling the truth. That's what faith is. It is, God, I believe. Even though I don't really see even though I don't see, I, I believe you're a healer. Our, our, our youngest son, one of the challenges that has stretched us more than anything um, is uh, our youngest son, Nolan. You saw a picture of him earlier. He has a genetic lung function disorder, which obviously makes seasons like we're walking through right now even more challenging. But when he was two and a half to three and a half, there was a 12-month period of his life where he had 11 major surgeries. A little two-and-a-half-year-old boy. And I remember, I remember we had a, we had a series on faith. I was going to preach on faith. I actually wrote some of the content for this message about two years ago. It came out of that series. And Pastor Jacob, my youth pastor that loves me very much, he says, hey, Pastor, I, I know your son is sick. And we don't have to do that series on faith. We can do another series. And I remember telling him, I said, Pastor Jacob, thank you for saying that, but if I don't stand on the word now, what else will I stand on? If I can't preach it like it's true, even when I don't see the physical evidence, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the substance of things I hope for, but it is the evidence of things I do not see. And so let me get the weights out. And say, God, I don't see it today, but I'm going to keep my eyes on you because faith will give you. Can I just tell you that faith will give you. Faith is not always a magic carpet. It's not this thing where you get on it and then you ride above all the trouble. I don't know if that's what riding a magic carpet looks like, but that's what I, I'm sorry for that image. Eee, right? What's the song in Latin? That's what people think. Oh, faith, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get saved and... A whole new world, is that what it is? And, and faith is not that, man. Faith is, faith, faith is a tractor. Faith is muscle. Faith gets you through the tough stuff. Faith, here's the last thing. It is a hopeful expectation that God is ahead of you, working for your good. Faith is a hopeful expectation that God is ahead of you, working for your good. Faith is the assurance of things I hope for, the conviction of things I have not yet seen. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.6. This, this is my life verse. I'm preaching a milestone, standing on this stage even before I came up here. Such a heavy. I've been so blessed by this house. And I just thought, if, I, if I'm invited to preach here, I can't even get into that. I just want to tell you what I'm trying, what my life has been. The toilet story, that's my life. 
right? Who else has got a toilet story? My son, my grandpa, Jack Cossey, Holston Jack, changed the trajectory of my family. The trajectory of my family. My, my children will never know the pain that I saw my dad walk through with his own brothers. It's just a different reality because he's a third generation Christian. But it takes a first generation Christian to get to a third generation Christian. And there are some, there are some first generation Christians in this house tonight that you're the first one that says that lie will not be the truth for my family and my legacy. And I'm going to tie myself to a greater truth. And my life verse is Hebrews 11, 6. Hebrews 11, 6. He that comes to God must believe that he is. I may quote it out of the King James. It might not be up here. He that comes to God, Hebrews eleven six. 6. Without faith it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he's, that he's real. That he is. But that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. I just want to ask you this. Do you believe this about God? Or do you think he's a punisher? Or do you think he's waiting for you to mess up? Do you honestly see him as the one that is waiting to reward you? Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And whoever would draw near to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When you believe this, it brings confidence into your life. Faith is a hopeful expectation, even in COVID, that God is ahead of me, working for my good. And that's what this city is looking for. This, man, this, this, this season that your church will walk through, it's a relaunching season. Can I just prophesy that over you? It is a relaunching season. Whatever God has next is going to be greater than you could ask, think, or imagine. But, but, but here's what will even make it more real for the people in this region. If they know that Milestone Church is a culture of faith. If they know they can come here and they can hear, you can make it. We'll walk with you. God's on your side. Even if you got to wear a mask, God's on your side. I know. Whatever you got to do. Whatever it looks like, we need people like that. The people of God have got to be people of faith. Hey, I know it looks like this today, but I'm not going to let negativity reign in my house. I'm going to speak words of faith. I'm going to speak words of life. I know my school, they don't know what they're doing, and neither do I. That's okay. This is going to be the best year our students have ever had. God's going to do something in this season that he could not do otherwise. Those are words of faith. That's a hopeful expectation that God is ahead of you, working for your good. May milestone be what this region needs is a church filled with faith. I want to pray that over you. And then I want to pray for anybody in this room that is walking through a season that is testing your faith. And you would just say, Pastor, we need our faith to be firm only God knows what those needs are. It's, it's kid pain, it's financial struggle, it's relationships that are out of sync, or it's just a distance you feel from God. And I want to pray a blessing over you. I want to release faith into this room. I want to challenge you and call you higher to believe that God is telling the truth when he says you are more than a conqueror.
He is not lying. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Every word he said is true. So I'm going to ask you all over this room just to stand to your feet. Let's bow our heads together. Let's just open up our hearts right now. Let's maybe even open up your hands in front of you and just open up your life to everything God wants to do, even in this moment. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you because of your son, Jesus. We, we come knowing that, that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Tonight, we've, we've heard your word. We've been encouraged. And so I just release faith into this house. May the leaders in this room, may the families in this room, may every person in this room become those people. That this is the core of everything you're calling us to do in the next season. That you are refining and defining this house as a place of hope and life and faith. Milestone Church, named after the monuments you build when God does something great places of faith. This will be a house of faith, a place of faith, a, a, a light on, on a hill, a, a light in this city where people know, man, we can come here and people are going to speak life into our marriage. People are going to speak hope into our children. That That's a place that's going to remind us not what fear says, but what faith says. We receive that impartation now because, God, we know you want to give it to us. You are a rewarder of those that seek you. Make us a house of faith. I pray right now over every person here that's walking through the battle. They're walking through a test. They sense that struggle that Paul talks about in Colossians that we read about. Paul senses, hey, you're walking through the struggle. If you're walking through the struggle right now, I pray over you in Jesus' name, a supernatural breakthrough. That faith would rise, that faith would grow, that even right now what, 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 what might take three months can happen supernaturally in a moment. An impartation of faith into your life. We receive it now in Jesus' name. We receive it now in Jesus' name. We thank you for your word. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen.